Good morning. Alright everybody, we're back. It's Avoiding the Puddle, and I can hardly contain myself, because I'm so excited. Today, as a guest, we usually have, uh, you know, Tekken celebrities or fighting game celebrities on the podcast, but today we have the celebrities. We have Mr. Katsuhiro Harada and Mr. Michael Murray. How are you guys doing today? Hi, Alex. <laughs> Hi. Hey man, we're doing good. Excellent. Good to be with you I'm so uh, I'm so excited and I'm so pleased that you guys uh, came on the podcast. It really means a lot to me, and I got a lot of questions for you guys. So I want to just get down to business and uh, uh, really get to the meat of uh, why you guys are here today, and not waste too much of your time. So um, let's start things off with a couple questions. First, uh, I, I'd like to ask Mr. Harada. Um, I've heard word on the street is that back in the Tekken 2 era, you were known as Shinjuku Heihachi. <laughs> And you were a very skilled uh, Heihachi player back in the day. Now, what I, I'm, it, first of all, is that true? I don't know. He said that's uh, actually a pretty famous story in Japan. Um, a lot of people kind of thought that he was a, a very skilled player uh, during Tekken 1. Uh, but the reality was, was already actually employed by Namco at that time. So back during uh, Tekken 1 and uh, Tekken 2, more so Tekken 1, um, in the arcades, Tekken wasn't very popular at the time. Uh, the main games at the time were Virtual Fighter and Street Fighter, of course. So uh, uh, at a lot of the arcades, they didn't have you know the, the versus setup like you see in the arcades where you have two machines back-to-back. It was just maybe one machine with Tekken. Uh, and that was kind of the state of affairs at that time. Uh, and he was uh, employed by Namco, and his job was kind of to, to help promote the game and to help uh, make it more major. So uh, he actually created a, a Heihachi costume, uh, complete with the hair and everything. And uh, since he was actually you know, Namco's staff, he knew all the, the data regarding the game, and he was able to play it a lot and get very good at it. So it's true that he was really good at the game. Uh, but since it wasn't really that popular at the time, you know, he didn't have a whole lot of competition. So he would go to various arcades uh, throughout mostly the Tokyo area and just help uh, hype the game and to organize tournaments and stuff like that. Uh, so that's where that part came from. That's that's very cool that uh, to know that the director of Tekken right now started as a competitive player. I, I really uh, I, I like to know that. But uh, what I what I'm curious about is uh, now that you you are unable to compete and now that you're so busy creating. Uh, you know, the Tekken games. Do you miss competing? I mean, uh, is it something that you wish you could still do? More than uh, than Tekken, because he was a staff at the time. Uh, when he was a student in university, he used to actually compete in uh, the first Street Fighter 2. Uh, not the first Street Fighter, but Street Fighter 2. Uh, Samurai Showdown and, and some of those games. He actually competed in tournaments and stuff, uh, which he can't really do anymore. And he really misses that aspect of, of uh, actually playing the games. That's very cool. That's very cool. I uh, I was not aware that uh, you uh, started in Street Fighter. That's that's really cool to know. <laughs> um, let's see. Moving on. 
Uh, one thing I'm very curious about is, in the past, Namco has ran several of official events in the United States uh, with national tournaments for Tekken Tag Tournament, for uh, Soul Calibur, and also for Tekken 4 and Tekken 5. Now, I'm, what I'm curious about uh, is, you guys just started coming to the U.S. for Tekken 6. Uh, why is it that um, those tournaments didn't have uh, a presence by you guys and, and you guys have recently began coming out to the U.S. and being a part of the community. So, um, back in the day, uh, with the tournaments you're referring to, for, for example, TAG and, and FIVE and such, um, that was back when our, our company strategy wasn't really linked well uh, worldwide. In uh, Namco America, our, our uh, arcade sector in the U.S. was kind of doing it on their own. Um, another factor was also that uh, the people who made the games at that time... Uh, just as company policy weren't really pushed to the forefront, we weren't really actually allowed to go out and meet with the fans directly. Uh, that just wasn't something that they allowed at that time, um, but that's changed since then. So, uh, Namco Bandai compared to other game companies, uh, and I think this can be said for most Japanese game companies, uh, the people who make the games in general don't really come out into the spotlight that often, and you don't see them much. Um, and you know, Haruha has been here for 15 years, uh, and this is something that he's finally been able to kind of change about our company was to uh, to kind of come out into the spotlight a little more and to actually have more chances to meet with fans. Um, and this is also present in the, the recent um, the announcement we made about Soul Calibur, where we kind of did it from the community, where we announced it there first, uh, and we kind of, uh, you know, we told them about the director, Odashima, who's going to be interacting with them more. So uh, it's something that actually uh, Hara has been active in changing about our company. That is very, very good to hear. I'm, I'm very pleased about that, and that's really cool. Um, moving on, um, another question I have is, up until uh, Tekken 4, when a Tekken game was released, um, Namco, or, or the Tekken development team, pretty much left it the way it was as far as uh, game balance and uh, patches are concerned. Uh, I mean, there were a few minor, like version D and version 2 and stuff like that, but as far as a major update, the way um, Tekken 5 had uh, Dark Resurrection and Tekken 6 had Bloodline Rebellion, that's kind of a new trend that the Tekken series has had. And as far as I know, it seems to be a very successful trend because, uh, you know, it's, it's given uh, Tekken 5 and Tekken 6 the ability to be changed, and both those games have become very popular and, and, and very balanced. Now, what I'm curious about is, was this an intentional thing from the beginning uh, conceptual stages of the game, or is this something that you guys decide that you have to do after the game is released to fix, uh, you know, balance issues? The basic stance of the Tekken team is that, you know, while we're making a game, uh, we don't see ourselves updating it after. It should be uh, perfect uh, right out of the box uh, when we release it. Um, that being said, though, the, the error has kind of changed now. Uh, it's much easier and quicker to get feedback from uh, the fan base, whether that be from you know, the arcades directly, uh, arcade operators, or the people who go to the arcades. Also, there's a great deal of uh, data we can uh, glean from the arcade boards uh, and, and the income itself uh, actually speaks, you know, to the popularity of certain games or, or uh, balancing and such. Um, so after a game's released, uh, uh, then of course, you know, we get all of these 
not only balance issues that we would like to take care of, but uh, requests from the arcade operators and from end users, uh, whether that be from the internet or uh, in Japan, I think you can even kind of uh, give your opinion via tech and neck on your cell phone. Um, so in about a year, we get quite a, a, a lot of requests about what everyone would like to see from the game. So uh, in addition to small balancing uh, issues and such that we had addressed, uh, a lot of content is actually added uh, to make it so that people enjoy the game even more. Uh, so that's one thing that's kind of changed, I guess, uh, from 5, you know, VR, and then 6, VR, is that we thought that um, maybe that's one way we could really help people to enjoy the game even more if we kind of uh, tailor it to what they more expect uh, at, uh, a while after the game has been released. That's very cool. That's very cool. Um, yeah, I, I, I totally uh, agree, and it almost makes it so that we get two games in the lifespan of one game. So that's I, I'm very happy about that. Is that so? I presume that this is a trend that may continue if need be. It, it's kind of hard to say at this time. Uh, although that's been su successful in the past, um, the situation is kind of still continuing to change. So um, it, it this isn't set in stone, but what we might foresee is that we might need to make more uh, frequent, uh, smaller changes to the game uh, at a more rapid pace, or maybe even uh, a larger update uh, that we can provide quicker is something that the fans are probably wanting uh, in the current situation. Also, you know, it could be that uh, some people will want both two different packages, one with a tag and one that focuses on a single player experience, not a single player, but, uh, you know, the, the traditional tech game experience. Or even maybe a package that contains both that the operators and users can change when they feel like it. Uh, you know, we, we really don't know. Uh, the situation continues to change, and we have to uh, continually reevaluate it and uh, address these uh, requests and uh, the, the things that the players want uh, in accordance. That's very cool, man. That's really cool. i got to say, in regards to the uh, patching the game very quickly department, if you were here, I would kiss you. That's the that's the best thing I could possibly hear from you guys. That's really cool. Um, so moving on, I have uh, another question here. Um, generally, Tekken 6 is highly regarded as being one of the most balanced Tekken games to date. And what I'm curious about is what are your philosophies when it comes to game balancing in general? Uh, and, and how do you approach balancing a game like Tekken? So um, this is something that we've been doing for quite a while, but uh, we have many chances to actually tune the game and get feedback before we actually release it. Uh, as you're probably aware, in, in Japan we have uh, location tests uh, where we take the latest version of the game and place it in several locations throughout Japan and uh, kind of get feedback on what everyone thinks at that point. Um, so that's kind of one of the earlier stages that we can do that. Not only that, but we have uh, several famous players uh, from Japan that we actually hire, and they become our balancing team internally. Uh, and then on top of that, of course, you know, they have uh, Haru-san and uh, Yonimori and a few other people who kind of direct them overall. So there are several layers of actually balancing uh, that we implement in the game. Uh, and then, again, you know, after the game is released, it's pretty well balanced at that point, but um, then there's often feedback that we get from the community in Japan and players and such uh, that we might use uh, a patch or something to update as well. So the game actually goes through several layers of balancing uh, before it's complete. 
So, um, Hanasan kind of thought, you know, the, the opening question I asked you, that was pretty much where he started from as well, uh, back with Tekken uh, 1 and then 2 and such. Um, so, at the start, I think from Tekken 2, he said that uh, he actually put a lot more effort into the, the parameters and attributes of the, the actual moves themselves. And then the way that uh, the whole game system and such was created was largely changed from Tekken 3. Uh, and the kind of final answer he arrived at uh, at that point was that uh, you could do most of the balancing uh, by regulating the time of the game. And I don't mean the play time, I mean, you know, like frames and such like that. Uh, so he said that uh, regulating the game by time is something that could be uh, relatively easily done with Tekken. Uh, but for example, this is something that can't really be done with Caliber uh, by time alone because you have distance. Uh, where Tekken, you know, uh, the spacing and, and distancing is such that uh, characters aren't greatly different, although you have some difference in character size, uh, their attack reach and such is, is not that drastically different. Where uh, Caliber, because you have various different weapons, it can be drastically different. Uh, so even if you block an attack and you might have the advantage, uh, you might not be able to counterattack because you can't reach your opponent, uh, depending on the, the weapons that you're each using. Um, another point is, you know, obviously, if every character had uh, the same type of moves, you know, in regards to frame and, and uh, attribute properties, uh, in the same reach, then obviously, you know, it'd be very easy to balance the game. Uh, however, it wouldn't be very interesting if all the characters just had similar moves and similar reach. So, uh, achieving the two, two is quite difficult. And another element, and this is uh, quite important as well, is that um, the level of the players themselves is quite different, and as such, uh, how they view a character's strength and such might change. Uh, one good example is, uh, you know, very... Well, first he kind of mentioned that uh, the kind of player that everyone sees as, you know, very advanced uh, and top top tier, uh, they're probably less than 10% of the Tekken uh, fan population, where intermediate players are about maybe 50% of the base, and the novice make up the rest. So uh, depending on, and it's not even just three levels, you know, it could be ten levels of a different skill levels in the player base. Uh, and what they each think about a, a specific character might be drastically different. Uh, one example of this is, for example, uh, uh, novice players might think that Christy is, you know, the strongest player in the game, or the strongest character in the game. Uh, but someone who's really good uh, at Tech End might think that Steve is the strongest in the game. So uh, players' perspective will change based on their own skill level. Uh, and this even changes as you might even not even uh, encounter some really, really good Tech End player uh, with a certain character or such in uh, your local scene, or you might not even see them in tournaments. So uh, even that is different as well. But not just that. Uh, for example, intermediate players are going to be playing uh, both novice and more advanced players. So they come into contact with a, a wider range of player skill and uh, as such the, the characters in, involved in that. So uh, taking this and kind of combining it with the other uh, elements that we just talked about before that uh, makes it very complex. So uh, as such, he kind of arrived at his philosophy of balancing as in you know, first he started off from looking at the time aspect of it, uh, and then uh, range and, and, and such like that, reach, uh, and then the third element we just talked about uh, regarding the player perspective uh, regarding the characters.
and skill levels and how that affects use of particular characters. Uh, so taking all of this together uh, and balancing the game from that point of view is quite difficult, but that's where he arrived. And um, I think this is something we talked about when we met you at, uh, I forgot, maybe it was in Japan when we talked to you. Uh, another element of balancing that makes it quite different as well is uh, you know, there's the actual number, the numeric data that we have uh, underlying the, the game itself regarding this move and such. Uh, and even if a move uh, could be could have an advantage or be very strong number-wise, um, players don't always feel that. You know, it's quite subjective, uh, people's opinions of a strong move or character. Uh, and a lot kind of influences this. It could be the character animations on guard, um, you know, the effects and such involved can contribute a lot to a person's perspective of that, the, the strength of a particular move or not. So even if it could look like it, even if it does have the advantage, you know, data-wise, uh, the look of the move could, could drastically change people's opinions. So, you know, taking all of this on top of what we just talked about, uh, balancing the game is, you can imagine how difficult it is. Yeah, I, I, as far as I'm concerned, that seems like the most difficult uh, thing to do when uh, when creating a new Tekken game, and uh, I don't envy you guys in that department, that's for sure. Now, moving on, um, Tekken 6 was, uh, is highly regarded as being one of the, uh, you know, one of the greatest 3D fighting games uh, of all time, and in Japan, as far as I know, it's the most popular fighting game ahead of, uh, you know... Street Fighter and Virtual Fighter and all those other games. As far as I've I've uh, read, it's it's very popular uh, in in Japan. And um, what I'm curious about is when the console version came out, and 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 it it was uh, it had all these features and it had all these new uh, you know cutscenes and all this stuff. Uh, if you had the opportunity, because there were so many complaints about the console version, if you guys had the opportunity to redo the console version. What would you do differently if you were able to do that again? Um, so, you know, this is a really good question. Um, we've actually done a lot of market research and stuff as well after the console release. And, uh, you know, a lot of the hardcore players, one of the main complaints they have was regarding the scenario campaign mode. Um, uh, even now, though, we don't really see this as uh, a mistake, per se, because when you look at the, the player base, the whole overall player base for Tekken, uh, 80%, I would say, don't even go to arcades or tournaments. Uh, they only play with their friends or the people around them. Uh, and among this user base, actually, the scenario campaign was uh, quite popular. Um, that being said, though, uh, of course, you know, the, the remaining 20% who actually go to arcades and participate in tournaments or, or have podcasts like yourself, uh, who have a very strong voice in the community, whether it be positive or negative uh, feedback. Uh, we really wish we could do more uh, to, to kind of uh, provide for those people, you know, whether that be more modes that might be tournament-based or, or, you know, uh, something you often say about a more robust practice mode, of course. <laughs> or different uh, modes that could be tailored, you know, for uh, events for 10 to 100 people, whether that be uh, to implement your own music or, or, you know, some kind of different rules of gameplay. Uh, just stuff to make the game more fun for that crowd as well uh, is something we really wish that we could have uh, added more to the game for them. That's very interesting. Um, 
As far as uh, my opinion on the issue, I do know that um, you know the, those that eighty percent you're speaking of is very important to the success of the game initially. But um, me not being an expert in marketing research, uh, I would guess that that remaining twenty percent uh, is the crowd that doesn't trade the game back into the video game store after they're bored with it, and that's the crowd that keeps the game alive until the next uh, Tekken comes out, because uh, I, as, I, that's just the way I see it. So, I, I don't know, um, I guess what I'm trying to say is, you guys better put in a fucking practice mode that's excellent next time. Excellent. I love <laughs> you guys, but practice mode, please. Um, so, yeah, you know, actually funny because uh, Tekken 2 was one of the, the first fighting games to really have a practice mode. Uh, so that's one thing that Namco's kind of always done. Uh, I guess you could say we kind of, you know, got lazy. Uh, we kind of rested on our laurels, I, I guess you could say. Uh, and, you know, we, we realized, holy, <laughs> you don't have to tell us this, we, we really realized how much it, important it is and how much uh, effort needs to go into the practice mode in the next version. Uh, you know, the, he was just saying that um, for Calibre and for Tekken, uh, actually some of the achievements were linked to how long uh, a particular person stayed in practice mode and uh, actually used the mode. Uh, and also, for past Tekkens, we've had, uh, we used to have these postcards that you could send us that kind of, you know, gave opinions and feedback about the game. Uh, and the people who actually played practice mode uh, heavily was only 8%. Uh, so, you know, at one time within the company, people thought it might not be that important. Um, but, you know, we, we realize how important it is to uh, e even that small percent, the hardcore players, uh, who are actually, you know, the lifeline, the community uh, surrounding the game. So, uh, we really do realize uh, the importance of it, that it needs to be uh, a proper mode. Well, I have to give you guys some credit, because it takes a lot of balls to admit uh, what you guys just admitted right now, and I have to really uh, tip my hat to you, because that, that really is something that I would not expect from uh, the developers of a major, you know, a major video game. So that's really cool, and, and uh, I, I, like I said, I tip my hat to you on that one. Um, moving on, uh, another question I have is, um, I'm curious as to how important the online function is to you guys when developing the console version of uh, Tekken game, and how familiar are you guys with GGPO? You know, obviously, uh, we're aware of how much importance is placed on online play, uh, especially recently in the fighting game community. Um, and yes, uh, we do know about GGPO. <laughs> One thing that um, a lot of people don't realize is, you know, Tekken. It is the game that is the most difficult to actually implement uh, uh, stress-free online play because of just the way the game is, is made, the, the response time uh, between your, your input of a command and when it is displayed on screen is the quickest of any of the fighting games. Um, and the key data that is necessary to, to transmit for a match is, uh, you know, just the volume, the sheer volume is a lot more than any of the other games that... Uh, that are, it's compared to, you know, four or five times. And it's not just something we're saying either, you know. Uh, we have a lot of, uh, you know, we meet the, the Sega and the Capcom guys who are making our, the competitive titles quite a bit, and everyone admits this to us, that, you know, Tekken must be 
you know, a hell of a game to try to, to have a proper online. So this is, isn't just something that, uh, that uh, it's not just an excuse, you know. Um, and one thing uh, that also affects this is in Japan, of course, you know, the Internet uh, infrastructure here is much better than a lot of other countries in the world. So when we release a, a patch uh, to, to improve online play after Tekken 6, the console release, uh, in Japan, people were referring to this as a kami patch or, you know, uh, a godlike patch, uh, where it didn't seem to be nearly as effective for people who weren't using broadband, uh, which is most of the other countries outside of Japan. Um, and, you know, it's not really uh, a programming skill thing either. It's just the, the abundance of data that's necessary for an, uh, a match of Tekken. Uh, so, but, you know, we realize this, so we're looking for, for other ways to alleviate this. Uh, for example, some data compre compression techniques and stuff that uh, perhaps uh, improve this area of the game. So, you know, everyone, GGPO is uh, a topic that comes up uh, quite often, where uh, everyone just assumes that if we use GGPO, that will fix all of our problems and the game will uh, drastically uh, become quicker in online play. Um, but, you know, that's not necessarily the case. Uh, a lot of the technology that's used in GGPO, uh, we have similar technologies that we have patented as well. Uh, so it's not like we just uh, simply implement GP GGPO uh, as is and it solves everything. Uh, you know, even just online versus play, in general, the technology involved, uh, just internet technology itself, there's not uh, a lot of different methods at, at the moment. You know, uh, most of our programmers and tech staff are aware of what's being used in other products and stuff. Uh, but, you know, there really aren't all that many options. Um, and Tekken, like uh, we said earlier, is a game that was created uh, in a time when there wasn't online play. So the, the actual importance placed on gameplay was, you know, how quick that we can have the game displayed, uh, the various techniques and stuff displayed on screen after player input. Uh, so response time was was really the, the key of Tekken, and, and that kind of gave it its flavor. And uh, even people who, who, you know, don't know the actual technical aspects and stuff uh, uh, involved in the mechanics of the game uh, can tell a difference if you play Tekken and then play Virtual Fighter or some other two, two playing games. Although you might not know exactly everything involved regarding key data and, and such like that, you can feel a difference. Um, so that being said, you know, uh, that's something that needs to be considered uh, for online play. Uh, and, you know, we can talk to the GGPO staff, uh, you know, we're, we're open to discussion with them, we could do that, uh, we could use it, but like we said, that wouldn't just solve all of our problems and make Tekken an awesome online experience just out of the box. Um, so we want people to understand this. That's very interesting. Uh, I, I'm, I'm really glad that you guys cleared some of that stuff up, because uh, at this juncture it seems, even though I personally don't play online very much, it seems that a uh, successful and well-functioning online, uh, you know, feature in a game it might be the most important feature uh, as far as uh, making money off of a game is concerned. So, um, that's that's really cool to uh, hear that you guys are really all over it right now. Um, I mean, don't get us. We we're on the same page regarding the importance of it. It's, it's not we're saying it's not important. It's just that the the obstacles uh, regarding tech in. Uh, are a lot more than they are with other, you know, 2D fighting games. Yeah, it's very, it's very understandable, uh, and that's just another uh, very difficult part of, <laughs> you know, like I and said. We're not, we're not I, 
it's it's not like we're giving up either. It's just uh, we just wanted to say that because everyone says GGPO, GGPO. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, moving on. This is the last question I have about Tekken Six, um, and it's it's seems like it's a major topic that several people, people that I don't even know, have, uh, you know, messaged me about and emailed me about, and it seems to be a very important thing that people want me to bring up, um, especially from people coming from other fighting games, like Street Fighter or Virtual Fighter, etc. Um, people are wondering how likely it is that you guys will have an in-depth tutorial or training uh, mode that's not like the standard practice mode that we have today, but more like a, a challenge mode, teaching players, kind of holding their hand from the beginning to teach people how to uh, play Tekken. How likely is it that something like that will be implemented in the future? Um, you know, this is a request we hear quite often as well. And uh, one thing that's interesting about it is that it's not a request we hear a lot from novice players, but more from uh, advanced players who would like some t- kind of t- tutorial to teach their friends who don't play Tekken, how to play the game. Um, and uh, this is something we believe is really important, uh, and it's something we're looking at. Uh, we just uh, are not quite sure about how to go about it yet, because you know you have uh, so uh, large character roster, and uh, the techniques, and the sheer number of techniques and such, uh, and the strategies involved uh, with each character are quite different from each other. Um, so the sheer volume, you can imagine, is overwhelming. Uh, so we're still trying to figure out the best method of going about this. Uh, and, you know, that, that was uh, Haruda-san's uh, answer. But e- even myself, you know, um, starting on Tekken 6, before then, I didn't really play that, that much, you know, competitively. Uh, but I have a chance to play all these famous players, and they always want to play me. And I, I don't want to be embarrassed, so I really uh, was playing with the, the tuning team that Haruda-san ma- mentioned, you know, Mishimaster and SDZ and all those people trying to get up to speed. Uh, so, you know, I, I feel directly what everyone's talking about. Uh, and this is the mode that maybe if we could do with most, uh, I would feel great about it as well. Uh, I've been looking at various games as well. You know, Virtual Fighter 4 did a, a good job of that. Uh, Street Fighter Challenge mode, uh, a lot of it is good. You know, some of it is still not uh, enough and, and it's hard to understand. Uh, the iPhone version of Street Fighter as well, it's got a lot of interesting stuff to teach uh, novice players. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we're looking at a lot of stuff, and this is one area we really want to improve on. Wow, that's really cool. It really seems like you guys have your eyes open and uh, you're willing to uh, absorb what uh, other companies have done, which is fantastic. I, I couldn't uh, say how pleased I am about that. Um, now, uh, now that we've talked so much about Tekken 6, I mean, you know, this is the big topic. Everyone's hype, Tekken Tag Tournament 2. And, uh, you know, I, everyone would talk shit to me if I didn't ask you at least a little bit about Tekken Tag Tournament 2. Now, I, I totally understand that there are several questions that can't be answered right now. And, uh, you know, I'm going to try my best to avoid questions that I know um, you cannot answer. So, uh, that being said, I, I have a few questions about Tekken Tag Tournament 2. Now, as far as the button layout for Tekken Tag Tournament 2... Uh, is there any, uh, have you guys figured out exactly how many buttons you want to use? Are you going to return to the five-button layout of Tekken Tag Tournament 1? Or since we've seen in the trailers there are um, methods of using two characters at the same time, it seems. 
So, uh, is it going to be five buttons? Are we going to have two tag buttons? Or is it going to be something new that we haven't seen? Well, you know, we're, we're currently thinking of uh, the five-button layout that we use for Tekken 1. Uh, and that's what we want to keep, I think, this time around. Um, you know, and we've released some gameplay footage uh, that you've probably all seen in the trailers where you have the characters switching several times. Uh, and at that time, uh, you had to press the tag button each time to change and perform the techniques. Uh, and, you know, a lot of the, the, the top-level players out there probably think that, oh, I could do that. It, it doesn't look that difficult. But, you know, our balancing team, they're very famous Japanese players, had a, a hard time doing that consistently. So uh, we're looking at various ways to, to make it fun but uh, keep it, uh, you know, a little bit more easy to perform. So... Uh, one of the answers that Harasan kind of arrived at was maybe if uh, doing it by tempo would be a good thing. Uh, you know, just memorizing the timing and such, and not necessarily having to press the tag button every time. So uh, he's actually been playing it quite a bit himself and doing these tag combos, and uh, he's been able to perform them pretty consistently recently, uh, implementing this new method. Wow, that's very interesting. Um just sound of that answer, to me, it sounds like, um, kind of, you guys are heading in the direction of Street Fighter, in terms of, um, timing of juggles, and, uh, because in that game, it seems like, uh, the, the rhythm and tempo of the juggle is what lets you execute it, and that's part of the reason why it's so, uh, so much better online, because juggles in Tekken have so much to do about visually seeing where the character is on the screen in terms of gravity, but in Street Fighter it's more about rhythm and tempo, and you can almost do these juggles with your eyes closed. So that could be a very good sign for um, the success of the game, um, as far as online goes. So that's really cool. So you know, we're, we're still, uh, we're not by any means finished yet. We're still trying various ideas and such. Um, but you know, in the end we, we do want to have it so that a variety of different people, you know, a large player base can enjoy the game. Very cool, very cool. Um, another question I have about uh, Tekken Tech 2 is, I'm curious if all of the system-related features that we have seen in um, Tekken 6 will be returning. Like, for example, uh, the bind system, the bound system, and the rage system, um, and, and related functions like that, like floor break, wall break. Are you guys planning on implementing all of these uh, again, or have you scrapped any of these ideas? Well, you know, um, bound, rage, uh, floor break, wall break, uh, a lot of the elements that were popular in Tekken 6 will uh, return in some form. Uh, you know, we'll even have some kind of new additions or, or tweaks to some of these as well. Um, rage, you know, of course, if you remember Tekken Tag 1, uh, uh, they had something similar where your partner character who was waiting, uh, they would kind of get almost like rage uh, when you're taking damage. So, uh, obviously, we have to tweak this a aspect of it. Uh, we don't want to lose it all together, uh, because you know how in Street Fighter, with their, their supers and stuff, you always have uh, some kind of chance to come back, or a possibility to uh, turn the tables on your opponent. Um, so, we, we do want to keep it in some form, but it, it does need to be tweaked. Um, regarding Bound, you know, uh, we actually got rid of this internally uh, at one stage when we were testing Tag 2. Uh, and it was, uh, most people thought that it was better with Bound in. Uh, and this is something that we've heard from a lot of players as well. Uh, of course, 
you know, it goes both both ways. Some people don't like that you, you get juggled and then the, the combo seems long uh, and you're not doing anything in the meantime. Uh, but on the other hand, there's a lot of people who really enjoy down uh, because the combos are somewhat easier to perform a lot of times, you know, because you have a lot of time to, to implement the, the follow-up attack after a bound and such. So, uh, um, you know, it, we think it is a good element of the game, uh, but it might not necessarily appear exactly as it was in Tekken 6. Wow, that's really interesting. Um, hearing you guys talk about this stuff makes me even more anxious than I was <laughs> prior to uh, asking these questions to uh, get my hands on the game, so I'm very excited. That sounds really cool. And the concept of uh, maybe bringing back uh, the Netsu system uh, that, that, you're, that you guys had in Tekken Tag 1, the anger system, that was really cool too, so that's really interesting. Um, moving on, I, I'm curious because now that we have, we're in the age of Twitter and, you know, the internet and Facebook and all that stuff, it seems like you guys are very liberal as far as um, revealing returning characters in Tekken Tag 2. It seems like every trailer and every uh, bit of footage that comes out shows several, um, you know, returning characters from Tekken 6, almost as though you guys are not even trying to keep that aspect of the game secret. Now, um, back in the Tekken 4 days and, uh, you know, Tekken Tag days, there were so many uh, time-released characters that people who were fans of the game literally had to sit and wait in, in agony to know if their favorite character would return in the next Tekken. Now, um, is that something that you guys can talk about right now? Uh, are you expecting to have all the characters in Tekken 6 return, or are we going to have to wait and slowly see what characters make the cut? Well, you know, um, regarding the unlocking of characters and such, is something that the Harasan has talked about in the past, and uh, some websites and such have taken his comments kind of out of uh, context. Uh, but, you know... Nowadays, back in the day, uh, and this was said previously, back in the day for the arcade, uh, you needed the time release system and such uh, to, to help the arcade income, and, and it was kind of a, a business option. Uh, you know, some people did kind of look forward to seeing what characters would be available, uh, but times have changed, and, you know, with all the tournament play and the, the competitiveness of these titles, uh, it's more important that all the characters are available from the start uh, to make a balanced game. Um, so, you know, that's, that's one reason why things have changed. And that uh, there really is no point in, in trying to hide the lineup at this time. Uh, a lot of people are kind of worried about if their character is going to be in Tekken Tag 2 or not. But uh, I guess you could say that all of the characters in, in Tekken 6 and the, the character select screen will be in Tag 2. Uh, you, you can uh, safely assume that. Uh, he's not saying that you can use Azazel or, you know, Nancy. That, you, you can't. <laughs> But everyone that you can select in the character select screen will be uh, intact. There were a lot of fans who, who saw the ending in Tekken 6 where uh, Beck, uh, Beck Bilsan and, and Juan Jinri died, and uh, they became kind of concerned whether they would be in the next one or not. Uh, we are uh, uh, desperately trying to revive these characters for the, the next installment. Uh, so <laughs> please don't worry about that too much. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. I hope you guys have a good uh, medical team at uh, Namco. <laughs> That, you know, you guys are on top of that. Um, <laughs> that's really cool. That's that's a very uh, big big bit of information to uh, let the fans know that all uh, all of the current playable characters in Tekken Six are returning. That's awesome. Um, 
I just have a couple more questions. Um, firstly, I, I, I'd like to know, are you guys planning on having a card system again for the arcade? And how is this uh, card system going to work if you, if you are going to have it? Is it going to be uh, one card per character or one card per team? Or has this not been discussed yet? Um, you know, we can't talk in, in detail about this because uh, it doesn't just affect the Tekken team, but um, uh, the company uh, policy in general, uh, other titles and such. Um, one thing we can say is, you know, a lot of people have some concerns about, you know, will they need a lot of cards uh, for each, each tag pair, or uh, in the past, some some models of cell phones weren't uh, compatible with TechNet. Um, all we can say is that uh, we're really revamping the whole system overall, and uh, it should be much uh, much easier to use for tag two. Oh, that's very cool. Um, I'm, I'm very excited to see how that uh, pans out. Um, just about my last question here, uh, and this is very much related to the gameplay, the actual gameplay, which I know is highly in development. But as of right now, um, are you guys planning on keeping it uh, the way Tekken Tag 1 was in terms of the fact that you have to keep both characters alive? Or are you going to uh, go towards the Marvel vs. Capcom series where a character on your team can die and the remaining character is still alive? Um, for Tag 1, uh, both methods were actually kind of tested. You know, there are some merits to, to both sides uh, for the, the way that Marvel vs. Capcom and, and KOF do it. Um, but we're kind of happy with the way Tekken Tag 1 was. Uh, because it's a very fast pace where you have to have both characters alive and it adds a lot of tension to the game. We kind of like the way it, it plays out. So uh, at the moment, we're thinking of keeping it uh, something similar to Tag 1. That's very cool, man. That's very cool. Um, the, the last thing I wanted to say is uh, I wanted to give you guys an opportunity to uh, say or talk about anything about Tag 2 or say anything that I didn't ask about that maybe you haven't talked about yet that you'd like to share with the people listening. I wanted to give you guys the open forum uh, to just go ahead and, uh, you know, speak your minds and, and uh, say whatever you'd like about the, the game. Uh, one thing he was saying is, uh, you know, it's 2011, and this year, uh, although we're going to be pretty busy uh, with development of TAG uh, 2, uh, we do hope to make it out to some of the major tournaments again this year as well uh, to see the game in action and just to, you know, to meet everyone again. Um, from my side, there is one topic I, I did want to touch on. Uh, you know, for 2010 was the first year that we saw Tekken on uh, both the MLG circuits and uh, World Cyber Games. Uh, some people liked it, some people didn't, but uh, for the most part, I think it was very good for Tekken. Uh, you know, you give everyone a chance to, to compete in, in tournaments uh, across the country and in cyber games uh, case across the globe, uh, people can gain money and I think it was just a, a really good uh, chance to get everyone in the same room and you saw the matches going on until the early morning of the hours in people's hotel rooms and stuff and, and I really enjoyed that aspect so um, nothing's decided yet but we're still in contact and uh, I want to try to make that happen again this year. Uh, and if we can do that, you know, there'll be more sponsors uh, available for Tekken, like there are for Street Fighter. I think it'll help the scene 
general. So it's something that uh, I'm really working with uh, Filthy Rich and Mark Mamma to, to make happen again if possible. That is excellent to hear. I'm very pleased to hear that. Uh, there is one thing that also I don't want to mention. <coughs> when, you're, when your podcast goes live, uh, he's obviously going to uh, send a link out on his Twitter to it. Um, but speaking of Twitter, he just gets a, an amazing amount of uh, questions from people. And uh, one thing that a lot of people say is, you know, why don't you? Why do you always not answer my question? Are you ignoring me? Uh, and, you know, that's not the case. There's just, you know, you can't see uh, the volume of, of questions and stuff he gets. And a lot of them are questions that have been answered, but in response to other people's questions. So, and it's just not, you know, possible to, to answer every single question every day on Twitter. So, uh, please understand that you're you're not being ignored. <laughs> Personally, it's just you know the volume of questions, or perhaps the question has been asked and answered uh, several million times already. So please refer to those. で、で、と今、あみんなのポッドキャストで声だけでは見えないと思うんですね。えっと隣にえっとちょっと紹介したいみんなで新しいえ、ソウルカルバンディレクターの小島がはい、紹介します。えっと、え、you <笑> is the director of the Caliber, uh, the new Caliber we're working on, who was uh, actually uh, introduced on Twitter as well. Uh, so Daishi Odejima, he's going to be the director for the next one. Now, now, now hold on, hold on. I'm, I'm an American here, so let's let's slow down that pronunciation. <laughs> Get that down. Because I'm going to need to know this guy's name. So, uh, Okay, so for all the Americans out there, uh, the first name, his, his first name is Daishi, D-A-I-S-H-I. I think you can see this on Twitter as well. Okay. And last name is kind of tricky. Uh, is it Odajima? Odashima? Odashima? So Odashima, and maybe some Japanese even, uh, mistake that. Odashima is his last name, and that's O-D-A-S-H-I-M-A. Okay, Daishi Odashima-san. Yeah. And uh, for all the people out there who, who haven't followed him yet, he's on Twitter. Uh, and he'll continue to ramp up, uh, you know, various comments and stuff. So please follow. Him. Excellent. Uh, by out of curiosity, does how is his English? <laughs> well, you know, this is a topic that comes up with a lot of people, uh, especially Harasan. You know, he he always gets the the things that to him that you know you're you're writing all this stuff on Twitter and Facebook. Uh, why can't you speak English? Uh, and a lot of Japanese, they study English uh, throughout junior high school and high school. So, uh, you know, Harara can write and, and uh, he can read English, but not necessarily speak it. And uh, so, for Orashima, you know, he can kind of get the gist of some written English, uh, but not necessarily write it as much himself. Uh, but we have some staff assigned to, to translate his comments and translate questions and stuff. Uh, and even, you know, for, for Harara, he's very good at... Uh, um, you know, general conversation and aspects of the game, but anything that can be misunderstood or is kind of complex, I, I often have to translate. So uh, keep that in mind for both these guys. So we'll have him uh, speak a little bit himself. Excellent. <laughs> so this is kind of his first time in the spotlight, so he's uh, he's not quite easy yet. Yeah. <laughs> So you know, uh, he came from an arcade background. Uh, he was a, he actually played uh, competitively Soul Edge and Soul Calibur in the arcade scene, uh, and then he joined our company at around the end of the development of Soul Calibur Two. 
So he's got you know kind of a different background than Harada, uh, as you know he was more of a competitive player of this uh, particular game before he actually started working on. It. So you know he started off uh, Soul Calibur one, participating in some tournaments. Uh, I think he lost his first match in, in the first tournament. Uh, then with Calibur two, I think he got uh, two in one of the major tournaments, second place in one of the major tournaments here. Uh, and then he was busy, uh, you know, uh, after graduating university to find a job and such. So uh, he actually entered our company. Then for free, I think is when he really started uh, in depth uh, on the balancing of the game. Uh, then for Soul Calibur four, he actually worked on the new characters uh, and the guest characters and the balancing uh, overall of the game. He was kind of the director of the balancing. And this is kind of an interesting side story, but um, you know, he was uh, when he was a player uh, before he joined our company. Uh, Harada-san and his team had kind of heard of uh, him before, uh, and it, it wasn't you know because he was a very good player or something. You know, obviously he was uh, placing in some of the top spots in some tournaments, so that was a given. But he was uh, known to Harada-san and some of the development staff because he was one of the most vocal. Uh, People on some of the bulletin boards out there, you know, talking the trash about Caliber and how, how you know he worked on the game. He would do this and that, so <laughs> he, he kind of uh, stood out at that time. <laughs> so it's kind of interesting that now he, being the director on the game, uh, he's in the opposite position where now he has to have all these complaints from the users on uh, bulletin boards and such. So Harada-san was just saying that now perhaps he'll he'll understand how Harada feels. <laughs> he, he, said, he said that he feels that uh, caliber players are much more friendlier than Tekken players, so uh, he's not that worried. Um, <laughs> well, let me tell you. Obviously, he hasn't met you yet. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say that, Michael. Let Please uh, translate this to for him, uh, from me. Um, I, I obviously haven't met him in person, and I'm looking forward to meeting him uh, very soon, but I gotta tell you, first of all, I'm, I'm, I'll, you know me, I'll speak my mind, and Soul Calibur, I don't know if you guys know, but that, that game, that, that series has a very special place in my heart. So he has, it's my first competitive fighting game, was Soul Calibur 2. So this guy has a very serious task ahead of him, and I'm trusting him. So, tell this guy that I really, really am, I'm going to keep an eye on him to make sure he makes a quality product. It's like he has my child in his possession. So, uh, I'm looking forward to meeting him, and I'm looking forward to hearing uh, from uh, the developments of that series, and hopefully in the future, we can have him on the podcast as a guest. Arisa, my shield uh, Harasan is just saying, uh, you hate Hilda, right? <laughs> I hate Hilda so much. I mean, <laughs> it's it's not because I hate the character design or anything. I just hate because, I hate the character because she's so good. And in America, it just stopped the competitive. Uh, I really wanted that game to be played competitively for a long time, and it kind of stopped because that character was so good. <laughs> 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 
Alright, good. You guys keep him in check. Being the director, he won't be able to make comments like that. Alright, definitely. You guys make sure you keep him in check. And, um, I, you know, I gotta tell all three of you guys, I'm, I couldn't be more pleased and couldn't be happier to uh, have the privilege of having this conversation with all three of you. It really is a testament to how far um, just fighting games as a whole have come. Because I guarantee you, uh, ten years ago, this type of a thing would be just completely impossible. And I, I really have a lot of respect for all three of you, and I, I can't wait to hear more about uh, both games, uh, Tekken Tag 2 and Soul Calibur, uh, whatever the next Soul Calibur is going to be called. Um, and, you know, I couldn't thank you guys enough. Thank you so much for being on, and hopefully in the future we can have you guys on again. The three of us are very happy to be here as well. Um, and even Harada-san was just saying that ten years ago uh, this wasn't even possible because, you know, the company policy, and even himself he kind of tended to avoid the spotlight. Uh, but we're very glad here to be here today. Uh, and we look forward to the chances in the future uh, of talking with uh, you and uh, all of the fans in general. So uh, we hope that to bring Odashima with us as well, uh, and we hope that you'll be looking forward to these uh, interviews and such. I absolutely will be looking forward to these interviews. Thank you guys again for being on. And um, everyone listening, uh, uh, stay tuned on avoidingthepuddle.com. We're going to have lots, of, lots more content coming to you guys. And like I said earlier, I, w- I want to thank these guys again. It's very cool of ev- uh, all three of them to come on the podcast. It really means a lot to me. And uh, we make shit happen on avoidingthepuddle.com. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We'll catch you guys next time.